Sunday, July the 5th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Today we're continuing our Encounters with Jesus series. Luke 5 shows us a series of different encounters with Jesus and each encounter has the power to bring transformation. But as we read the story, we see that not all encounters do because the encounter with Jesus requires a response from us and not all respond. The first encounter happens when Jesus sees a tax collector called Levi and says those words, come, follow me. And Levi is a tax collector, people at the time who are considered to be greedy, to be cheats. And Jesus sees Levi. He knows the type of person he's likely to be. And yet he still calls him to follow him. And Levi responds. Levi encounters Jesus and leaves everything to start following him. And the Greek used means to follow me as a disciple. It's about starting a journey with Jesus. Can you imagine what Levi felt like when he hears those two words? He's being called to leave his lucrative trade as a tax collector, to let go of the familiar and to step into the unknown. In that moment of encountering Jesus, Levi follows him. Jesus has sought him out and selected him on purpose and he lays down all he knows and follows him. It's a thought-provoking story though, isn't it? Because would we follow Jesus so quickly and easily? Do you have those moments where you hear Jesus calling and you hear what he's saying and you're worried about responding? But Levi hears Jesus and he actively responds. Jesus longs for us to be active responders, not passive receivers when he speaks. In this season, what is Jesus saying to you? And are you actively responding like Levi did? Levi goes from this encounter into a place where he wants to share what's happened with his friends, his colleagues, his family. He throws a party. And it's interesting that the Greek word used here is megas. It means great. Levi isn't trying to hide what's happened in his life. He wants to celebrate, to introduce others to Jesus. He takes Jesus to the places and the people he's been called to. And it's at this party that another encounter with Jesus happens because there are people at the party who didn't think Levi deserved a second chance. They didn't even think a second chance was possible for a tax collector. Some of the people at the party were Pharisees. They were teachers of the law. They thought that the only way to be right with God was to follow a set of religious rules. And some of these rules were from the Bible but many of them actually were human constructs made up by the Pharisees. And they thought that anyone who didn't follow their rules would never find favour with God. They felt they had to earn relationship with God. And tax collectors like Levi were especially looked down upon by the Pharisees. To them, he was the worst of sinners. Levi wouldn't have been allowed in the synagogue or to be part of their worship. But here was Jesus eating with not only Levi, but with a group of tax collectors and other sinners acting like he was one of them, that he was their friends. 
The Pharisees didn't understand the joyful celebration at all and they didn't understand why Jesus would be there feasting with sinners. And they didn't like it that Jesus seemed to be turning their whole religious world upside down. He wasn't going with the way they'd always done it. But most of all, the Pharisees didn't understand that Levi wasn't all that different from them because everyone at that party, except for Jesus, was a sinner. The tax collectors were sinners, the Pharisees were sinners, and actually even the disciples were sinners. And so the Pharisees began to complain and Jesus knew whatever he said the Pharisees were going to object to. They were going to come back at him. If he quoted scripture to them to explain why he was eating with a room of sinners, they were going to argue with him. So Jesus did what Jesus did best. He used a parable. He told a story to communicate a deep truth to people who actually seemed resistant to hearing deep truth. Jesus compared sinners to sick people because when you're sick, you're really sick. You have to see a doctor to get well. The doctor knows the right medicine to make you well, the things he needs you to do. And without a doctor's care, often you stay sick or get worse. And the truth is that Jesus was getting at is that we were all sick and we all need Jesus. Central to the Pharisees' belief is that one day a saviour would come and rescue them. And the saviour is there in front of them. Not only do they not recognise him, but actually they're offended by him. Jesus is clear, the Pharisees are expecting him to live the way that they do. But he says that his way is different. Calling Levi, being at his house, all shows that Jesus' way is different. He's offering something different to the cultural norm. He's offering grace, love, an opportunity for change. The Pharisees have longed for a saviour, but so locked in to their way of doing religion that actually they don't know him when he's there. They're so stuck to a legalistic way of doing life that was meant to keep their faith alive, but instead, actually, instead of it becoming a healthy thing that connects them with God, it's become a prison for them. The Pharisees encountered Jesus and they didn't respond to him. They missed the offer that Jesus was giving them. And it's so easy to get caught up in doing things for Jesus that actually we miss Jesus in what we're doing. And the Pharisees weren't content with Jesus' answer and they start again with the questioning, with the grumbling. John's disciples often fast and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours, your disciples go about eating and drinking. They're saying, look, there is a normal thing, a way that things are done. And Jesus goes on to say, that actually with him, there is a new normal. He uses the analogy of wineskins. When wine was made, it was put into a new wineskin, which was soft and flexible, and the wine would continue to ferment in the wineskin. After time, the wineskin becomes hard and inflexible, so if you poured new wine into it, during the fermenting process, it was burst. And Jesus was telling them that what he came to bring was something completely new. He wasn't something that could just be simply tacked on to what they already believed, like a patch on a garment. 
Jesus was saying he came to turn everything inside out and upside down. The Pharisees believed that they could obey the law through their good works and they would win God's affection through their upstanding ways. But actually Jesus was saying that doesn't work. You can't just take your teachings and add me to them. That would be an old mindset, an old wineskin. What actually they needed to do was get rid of their legalistic, self-righteous theology and start with a new, fresh wineskin. Start anew with a gospel of grace. They needed a mindset shift. It's really interesting, isn't it, in this season where we talk about the new normal, that Jesus was saying he was offering a new normal. Jesus was offering the Pharisees a way, a new thing, an opportunity to be released from the ways they were living, an opportunity to step into grace. Jesus ends this encounter by saying, no one after drinking the old wine wants the new, for they say the old wine is better. And Jesus is saying that in reality, the Pharisees have got so stuck in comfort zones. They've developed ways of living that are meant to keep them close to God. But actually those habits have driven them from God. Their mindsets have become so rigid, they can't see the opportunity that this encounter with Jesus is offering them. And instead of letting this encounter with Jesus, receiving the offer that is being given them, the Pharisees stay as they are. You know, this season offers us an opportunity. We all had ways of living that were normal for us before this season. And some of those ways would have been healthy. And other things would have just been comfort zones that we'd got into, false saviours that we went to that drove us away from God instead of towards him. So in this season, where is Jesus inviting you to let go of ways of living or mindsets that have kept you from him, from comfort zones and false saviours that have kept you trapped? What's the new kingdom normal that he's inviting you into? You know, we've seen that Levi encounters Jesus and his life is altered. He leaves his old way. He leans into a new way. He shares Jesus with those close to him and he celebrates the encounter that he had. The Pharisees, on the other hand, encounter Jesus and they're offended by him. Jesus offers the same gift to both sets of people, but the Pharisees couldn't see past their comfort zones and their false saviours and they didn't respond. So today, where's Jesus asking you to respond? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you always invite us to connect with you and we come to you wanting to hear you speak. Thank you for the invitation to follow you and we listen for that calling to follow you afresh. We receive your gift of grace wherever we need it today and we accept the truth that you chose us and seek us out. So as we sit quietly in your presence, Father, would you highlight for us any ways in which our attitudes our actions can easily stop us embracing the new normal that you are offering us. You know, we hear in Jesus' story how easy it is for us to prefer the old wine, to hang on to the old way and to miss the new thing that you're doing. So, Father, thank you that in this season, as in all seasons, you're inviting me to live a new normal of grace. And Lord, may my heart be soft and malleable like the new wineskins to receive the new wine that you are pouring out today. 
Father, we thank you. Amen. Thanks, Kez. That was so helpful. I love the reminder that we are invited into a totally new way of grace. That same invitation is open to us that Jesus offered Levi and that longing that we might be those fresh, malleable wineskins for the new wine of all that God is doing to be poured into. And I guess no more is this expressed for us than in the communion meal where God invites us into his kingdom of love and grace. Here is that invitation. Come follow me. Come be with me. Come and share in this kingdom. Come and be part of my family. And so we just still our hearts and remind ourselves of that invitation. We hear the Lord whispering our names. Come, you are welcome. There's a place for you here at this table. There's a chair with your name on it, a nameplate at the table for you and for me. And so we remind ourselves that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread and when he'd given thanks he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body given for you. And then after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the the new covenant, the new thing, the new promise sealed in my blood, made possible through my sacrifice. Eat and drink, eat in remembrance and drink in anticipation of the day when we will all drink anew in the kingdom of heaven. The Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed gave thanks. Let us just pause for a moment and and in the stillness express as much as you are able the thanks of your heart. Thank you Jesus for loving me. Thank you that your death has brought me life. Thank you that your resurrection gives me confidence for today, for tomorrow and forever. And thank you that we drink and we eat until the day you come back, for you are coming again. And we thank you. We thank you that you have called us and sought us out. We thank you. That it's your desire to fill us with the new wine of the kingdom. Hear the thanks of our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we eat the bread with a great sense of thanksgiving. Recognising that even as we eat, the depth of all that Jesus has done for us reaches every place in our lives. And we share the wine. Maybe you can grab your cup just now. Well, let's drink together. Together as a sign of our oneness in Christ. Together in Jesus
And so your death, O Lord, we remember. In your resurrection, we confess. and your final coming, we await. Glory be to you, O Christ. For Christ has died. And Christ is risen. And Christ shall come again. And hallelujahs echo out all around the homes in Ipswich and beyond and maybe even around the world. Hallelujah. Come, Lord Jesus, quickly come. And we pause and we pray for our church family. We pray for those in our community that we know and love perhaps best. We pray for those that we would see on a Sunday week by week. We would pray for those that we would serve with in different aspects of our family life. We pray for those of our church family who are perhaps further afield and doing different things now in different places. So for our whole church family, would you give us our daily bread, everything that we need as we seek your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And all God's people said, that's right, amen. So let it be. So let it be. So let this truth be real in our lives across our church and spilling out to the world around us. Amen.